Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, this is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the Go as we edge ever closer to the close of kind of the formal summer season. Wherever you are, wherever you happen to be traveling, we're so grateful to have you tuning in. Um, we're going to be looking at the final installment of our Stonemason series. We're going to be looking at uh, First Peter and this idea that we are living stones uh, being built by the Lord into a place, into a form, into a structure. And in that spirit, I want you to prepare uh, your hearts and minds to receive the word as we listen to Sloan Alexander and Eric Burns uh, sing, Build Your Life. Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Show. Sure. 
So as promised, we are going to look at the letter of 2 Peter toward the end of the New Testament, the second, uh, second chapter, and this is where the writer is uh, really taking off on Jesus' theme of Jesus being the cornerstone and God building uh, with us in alignment with Jesus. And in the second chapter, verse 1, it says, Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone. And that's talking about Jesus as being a living stone. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And then like living stones yourselves... Like living stones yourselves, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For you are chosen, in verse 9, you are chosen as a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The word of God for the people of God. Let's just take a moment and pray together. Uh, Lord, we pray that your word, whatever it would be for us, whether it's, it's directly related to what I might speak or what your spirit might want people to hear, I just pray that your word might sink deeply into our lives, take root, and begin to grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we do begin this final installment of our Summer Stonemason series, and I want to I want to begin with a question, and it's this. What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, it, it's a question we've all probably asked ourselves countless times. It's, it's a good and important question. And in truth, it can be asked at eight, age eight or 18 or 38 or 58 or 88 and all, all ages in between and after. In fact, if life is eternal, as Jesus proclaimed, and as we dare to believe, then whether, whether you are 8 or 88, you're only just getting started. You're just beginning. Now, this text asserts that we, like Jesus, we are living, breathing, building material of God, which I think begs that question of all of us. What do we want to be when we grow up? As, as our lives are built stone upon stone, experience upon experience, accomplishment upon accomplishment, maybe failure upon failure, what, what are we desiring to become? Now, being a pastor and being in the business of talking with people and asking about folks' lives, I, I know that there are many answers that tend to be given to that question. You know, the eight-year-old might choose to answer that question when picking out a Halloween costume. 
You know, at 18, the only limit on one's answer, frankly, is one's imagination. The sky is the limit at 18. At, at 38, well, perhaps trying to build a career, form a family at the same time, the, the answers tend to flow from a desire just to get out of survival mode one day to a place in life that feels as if you have a tad more control. At 58, well, you're pretty much in your lane. And you doubt you could get out of it even if you wanted to. So, so you start dreaming of a retirement when you might have more time for new hobbies or more golf. At 88, if you're blessed with that longevity, even if you're blessed with longevity, you might start to feel a little cursed by the reality that loss has become a significant part of life. Loss of friends, loss of family, loss of mobility, perhaps a, a loss of purpose wondering why you're still around when it feels as if you are a fraction of your former self. So it's the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's a question that can be wonderfully aspirational or uncomfortably inconvenient or seemingly irrelevant the longer we live. However, it's a question, I think, that dwells just under the surface of almost every passage of Scripture. And at times, like in our text today, it's right there in the open. What do you want to be when you grow up? What kind of life do you want to build? What do you desire to become? Who do you desire to be? Now, if faith does its work well, if the spirit begins to propel us, if, if experience and maturity both uh, born of success and failure comes together just so, the question can change over time. Not, not so much at 8 or 18 or 38, but at some point, the question, what do I want to be when I grow up, can just become a little less alluring, a little less meaningful. As faith hopefully continues to form us, we may begin to ask an important variation of that question. What or who does the Lord want me to be when I grow up? What does God want to build with my life? What does God desire to create with or within me in the time that remains, however much time that may be? Now, it, it doesn't always happen, nor is it exclusively a religious experience, but there may come a time when you become dissatisfied with thinking about yourself and your own desires, and you, you begin to consider how you can be built for others. You know, how can, how can your life serve as a blessing for others? What, what might God want to craft with the gifts and graces that you uniquely possess? Now, uh, I, I hope you heard in the scripture or at least see, uh, if you look in your own Bibles, what God wants us built into. Uh, it's, it says, a, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, but, but people with specific purpose, people who proclaim the mighty acts of God, who, are, who, who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Another translation of God's building plan for you and for me is, uh, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do God's work and speak out for God, to tell others of the night and day difference the Lord has made for you. If you think of it, Jesus kind of spoke of this in his Sermon on the Mount. He said, you are the light of the world. Not you should be or you can be, but you are the light of the world. So let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. What does the Lord want us to be? Well, according to Scripture, people who are light in a dark world, holy people whose presence brings healing and hope, people who speak and act and live like Jesus, the, the, the tecton, the builder, the mason, you know, that, that were people who choose to build other people up, that were people who, who choose to build bridges between folks at odds with one another, that were people who choose 
to build a way of life that inspires others to be better themselves. Now, I, that's all wonderful, right? But the question is, how does that happen? And how can I know what the Lord wants me to do with my life when I struggle to know what I want for myself? Being, being light and hope and healing, that's interesting generality, but, but what does that look like specifically? in my daily living. I, I, I'd really love the ideals and ideas, the ideals and idea of faith, but, but Lord, could I get a concrete action plan? Could I just get something in writing to work on perhaps? Well, that's where the Bible comes in, of course. But this does get to the great problem of faith for people like us. Faith work is not something we can do on our own. Not really. Faith work is a collaborative process and project. It's, it's between us and God. And if we are God's building material, if we are stones that are living, as the scripture says, then we have to grapple with the reality that stones don't typically move themselves. I mean, I've, I've moved a lot of stone in my life, and I've never gotten any assistance from any of them. Building material does not tend to move of its own accord. So if we're going to be built into what the Lord is trying to construct, we need to understand that there's just a limit. There's a limit to our participation in the process. We've got to begin to believe, we've got to begin to trust that the builder, that stonemason, can and will move us into the position or place where we are needed and where we need to be. And I I think that can be the problem for us, right? Because we're do-it-yourselfers. We don't like to depend on others. We, we don't like to ask for help. We, we're, we're the ones who set the agenda, right? We, we set the goals. We make the action plan. That's what successful people do, which is probably what makes faith so challenging for people like us. We don't really know how to be built into much of anything apart from our own efforts, which means, though, as finite beings, right, with inherent limitations on our own vision uh, for ourselves and the world, that means we run the risk of never becoming all God can imagine for us. So what's left to be done? Well, I've got two suggestions based on the text we read. Um, First, it says, rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Translation, clean up your life. Clean up your life. That, that, That is the work for us to do. Sweep up God's workspace. Deal with the sin or sins that we commit. Tidy up our life and our living as best we can. That is the work that we are given to do. And second, it says, like living stones, and this is the key part, I think, let yourselves be built. Don't resist. Let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual uh, sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That means allow the builder to move you. Don't resist. Don't resist the Spirit's attempt to position you in your life. When when you feel a tug on your soul or when you just find yourself dropped in a particular location or situation, just trust that you're there for a reason. Go with it. I want you to consider this. I'm going to imagine that we've all had this experience, but, but have you ever had the experience of feeling like you've suddenly been placed in an uncertain or really difficult situation? Have you ever found yourself right smack in the middle of an argument between two people, perhaps two people you're related to, or, or has an important work or life or relational decision needed to be made, and you discover you are the only one in place to make that decision? Or has your life gotten entirely upended and you find yourself in a situation where you're suddenly bearing a lot of weight? I mean, consider that might be the work of the stonemason. 
That might uh, be the Lord taking you in hand and setting you in the place the Lord needs you to be. I, you know, if you've ever worked on a stone wall, you put stones in place and, and, and you put one in place and you think it's the right place, but then you're looking at the wall and you notice, you know what, I've got that stone over there far on the right. It would be better down here lower on the left right? And you need to actually take the stone and place it, maybe even turn it upside down so that it fits. I mean, that I think is what the, the Lord does. So I, I just want to say, and caveat here, I, I'm not, no one affirms staying in abusive relationships or hurtful situations, but, but here's the thing. If you're in a seemingly awkward or uncomfortable or inconvenient situation, you've got to still consider that you may be exactly where the Lord has placed you. If you find yourself, in fact, in a position of having to support others, that, that might be because the Lord knows you are perfectly suited to handle that weight. And I just want to say uh, from experience that, that builders delight, builders delight in perfect placement. So I think when Jesus places us and sees that we're exactly where we're supposed to be, that's got to delight our Lord. Now, speaking personally, what do I want to be when I grow up? Honestly, at this point in my life, and, and hopefully at any uh, future point in my life, my answer is, honestly, and this is not just a pastor, this is as a person of faith, whatever the Lord wants to make of me, however the Lord wants to build with me. And, and I, I literally pray for that every single morning. And I do that because I dare to believe, for myself and for all of us, I dare to believe that if we take the time to clean up our lives a bit, if we accept the possibility that our placement in life might be the result of the Lord's intention for us, oh my word, then Jesus Christ, our Savior and stonemason, will be able to build with us. We will be constructed into something extraordinary. And as we grow, as we grow up at any and every age, we will be so very grateful to God for what we've become. Solid, steady, supportive people of faith who are light and hope and inspiration to the world. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, take us in hand. Move us to the places and the positions you need us to be. Set us in place and then somehow allow us to trust that you have us exactly where you want us, where you need us, where we need to be. And Lord, help us to just consider that you take joy in our placement. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So church family, as you enter this coming week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with kindness and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website, www.godsacre.org, or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.